Good morning, Holy Church of God. I'm talking about our physical congregation. I hope that you are tuned in today, that you're able to access the internet, that you're able to to come to our website and hear a Sunday morning sermon that I believe God is going to bless you with. Praise God. You know why I believe God's going to bless you with it? It's not because I'm bringing it necessarily. Amen. It's because it's the Word of God that I'm going to bring you today. A message from God's Word is not like a message from from the press, uh, a, a press conference. It's not like a message from people speaking from the White House, although there are some important things to hear and take, give heed to. This message is not from those who predict the outcome of this thing that we are in right now. This message is not coming from the the sociologist or the psychologist or the psychiatrist and it's not coming from from the financial institutions and their predictions and prognostications amen thank god it isn't this message is not going to be coming from our president it's not going to be coming from the congress or the senators from the right or from the left amen this message is coming from the world Word of God. And I've titled this message today, this important message, The Battle Rages, But the Fight Has Been Fixed. The Battle Rages, But the Fight is fixed. Amen. Praise God. Well, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Isaiah chapter 54. Now, I want to say this as we go to the Old Covenant to begin this teaching. There was a circumstance in Israel that God was addressing. But when the same circumstance exists in the New Testament, the same God is addressing it. He's addressing it uh, in the in the New covenant uh, sense, but he is the same God and the same principles of victory are the same principles of victory for us as them. And the same person who promises victory is the same person who promises us victory. So don't leave God in the old covenant. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) See God in his majesty and might in both old and new covenant it today and hear the promise amen on the subject the battle rages but the fight is fixed praise god amen i'm i'm going to put a context here in in isaiah chapter 54 let's begin with verse 11 and read down through verse 17 to where our text is today heavenly father i just pray today before we go any further for not only our physical audience here in tampa florida but our internet audience in america and all over the world this problem is not just in america it is global today it's going to have an after effect uh all over the world, the ripples of it, like the the ripples of an earthquake causing tidal waves, is going to touch every nation everywhere. There are going to be consequences that are long-lasting. But Lord, we know that you are on the throne today. In fact, you say you sit 
upon the circle of the earth. (laughs) In fact, you go on to say, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. This is a God who's big enough to handle what we are facing today. And Lord, we want to magnify you and we want to glorify you today that every heart of everyone who is right with you through the blood of Christ, hallelujah, rest in you because we are right with you and claim every promise that you have given us of protection and victory in the name of Jesus Christ. For the glory of God, we ask it. Amen and amen. Let's read this together at the heading of my reference Bible here today. It says the call of the Gentiles. Not only is God blessing Israel, bringing them back to a place of blessing when they have been wrong with him, but he's bringing in uh, the the Gentile nations. It's prophetic of of what he would do to take the Jewish people and the, the Gentile people and make us one in Christ and one in victory and one in every promise and provision of God. Listen to what it says in verse 11. O thou afflicted, tossed with tempest, and not comforted, behold, I will lay thy stones with fair colors, lay thy foundations with sapphires, and I will make thy windows of agates and thy gates of carbuncles and all thy borders of pleasant stones. And all thy children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of thy children. Now this is a key verse in 14 before we get to 17. In righteousness shalt thou be established. Thou shalt be far from oppression, and thou shalt not fear, and from terror, for it shall not Come near thee. You know, there were people they that actually went online and said that they were going to purposely spread this virus, that they had it, and they were going to spread it to as many people as they could. They were arrested. And you know what they charged them with? They charged them with with terrorism because they were spreading fear all every, uh, in America. And the last thing we need right now is to be stymied by fear. We need to be motivated by fear to win this battle. Uh, we need to see the enemy trying to destroy. And we need to rise up and put on our armor, amen, and stand in the gap and make up the hedge today. In righteousness thou shalt be established. Thou shalt be far from oppression, for thou shalt not fear, and from terror, for it shall not come near thee. Behold, they shall surely gather together, but not by me. It won't be God that brings this heavy, heavy persecution, but not by me. Whosoever shall gather together against thee shall fall for thy sake. Behold, I have created. In other words, verse 16 is key as well. Number four, verse 14, it is in righteousness that we take our stand and are established. And we recognize in verse 16 that God is in control. Hallelujah. I love what Brother R.W. Shambach used to say. He said, he said, Satan goeth about as a roaring lion, but God 
pulled his teeth at Calvary concerning the believer. Praise God. But someone had also said in response to that, but the shame is that a toothless lion is gumming many Christians to death. Friend of mine, we need to recognize that God is in control. Even of the enemies that are coming against us, he has the ultimate Authority. He has the last word in this war, this battle that we are in. Verse 16 said, Behold, I've created a smith that bloweth the coals and the fire, and bring forth the instrument for his work. You know what that means? That means that, that before the weapon is formed, God has created the, created the very person who is forming it. He is the creator, not the creator of the hurt or the harm intended, but he's the creator of everything that is. And there, there's nothing created that he did not create. He didn't create evil, but he created those who are doing the evil, even though they have turned from him and want to hurt us. I want you to know that the angel that fell, the devil, is a creation of God. He didn't create him as a devil. Pride and and this 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 choice that he made to rebel and lead a rebellion in heaven made him what he is today, not God. It's a choice the devil made. He wasn't always called the devil. He was a high-ranking angel in heaven. Lucifer, light bearer instead of prince of darkness. Listen, I've created the smith that bloweth the coals in the fire that bringeth forth the instrument for his work. And I've created the waster to destroy. This is the, the person who is going to take this sword, this instrument, and use it to 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 waste and destroy the waster is the destroyer the devil is called apollyon which means a destroyer and listen in the bible but listen at verse 17 because we are established in righteousness and because we are right with God and we are his children. Amen. And because God is in ultimate control, no matter what we may face and what enemies may set themselves against us and what instruments of war they bring, including this virus right now, no weapon Oh, I want to say that loud and clear today. No weapon. I want you to say it with me out there. I, I, listen, I, 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 am, I, I am ministering to a congregation. It may not be the physical congregation I normally minister to that I'm not able to for a season here. But you are out there. And if you have come here, I want you to be part of our physical congregation wherever you are in America. Wherever you are in the world, under whatever circumstance you are under today, I want to declare unto you, we are at war. And that's why the Bible said in the New Covenant uh, to, to take the whole armor of God, uh, that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, that no man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he might be a good soldier to him that called 
him. Praise God. Amen. Friend of mine, we, we're in a military, uh, a confrontation with spiritual warfare, spiritual adversaries. And we need to be a militant church. We need to take an aggressive attitude toward winning victory, really toward demonstrating a victory that has already been won at the cross in our behalf in the new covenant. So I want you to say it with me as we read 17. I want to stop with the first two words of this verse. No weapon. No weapon. Say it with me. One, two, three. No weapon. All right, we're going to read on. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Because we are right with God. No weapon. Why? Because God is going to defend us. Let me read one commentary on the verses we have read in context 11 through 17. It says, Let the people of God, when afflicted and tossed, think they hear God speaking comfortably to them by these words, taking notice of their griefs and fears. The church is all glorious when full of the knowledge of God. For none teaches like him. It is a promise of the teaching and gifts of the Holy Spirit. All that are taught of God are taught to love one another. This seems to relate especially to the glorious times uh, that pr- to succeed the tribulations of the church. Holiness more than anything is the beauty of the church. God then promises protection. There shall be no fears within. There shall be no fightings without. Military men value themselves on their splendid titles, but God calls them nothing more than wasters to destroy. For they make wasting and destruction their business. He created them. Therefore, He will will serve His own designs by them. The day is coming when God will reckon with wicked men for their hard speeches as well. Security and final victory are the heritage of each faithful servant of the Lord. The righteousness by which they are justified and the grace by which they are sanctified are the gift of God and the effect of His special love. Let us beseech Him to sanctify our souls and employ us in His service. Friend of mine, it's time to put on our big boy pants. I'm going to use a a kind of a crass term, but I want to get your attention today. It's time for us to grow up in God today. It's time for us to claim our heritage of victory. I want to say that again. It's time for us to claim our heritage of victory. If not, if not now, when are we going to do it? 
And if not us, who is going to do us? Do it for us or in, in, in place of us. We are a powerful force when we stand in our standing and we declare according to Isaiah 54:17 No weapon no weapon that is stands against us shall prosper. I like one translation that says no weapon that can hurt you, no weapon that can hurt you has ever been forged. Any accuser who takes you to court will be dismissed as a liar. This is what God's servants can expect. I'll see to it that everything works out for the best. God's decree to us. See, the battle rages, <laughs> but the fight has been fixed. Amen. Amen. This verse tells us that the fight we're involved in has been fixed. God has destined us to win, no matter how hard the devil fights or how ingenious he is. All we need to do is keep holding on to his word, to his person, and his promise that his purpose might be realized in and through us. So when it said the fight is fixed, it means that one combatant is guaranteed to win before the fight even starts. Let me let me stop here after that statement. In the book of Ephesians, when it talks about spiritual warfare, it, it says to take the whole armor of God, to put it on, and then having done all, all to stand and that having done all is is not something that we literally do so much as that we stand in that has already been done really it's demonstrating a victory that is already won when it says having done all, it literally would read in context having overcome all. You can't put on God's armor and be defeated. Because if God's armor can be penetrated as long as we keep it in its proper place and use it for its proper purpose. If God's armor can be defeated, then God can be defeated. <laughs> the devil knows better. It's time God's people figured that out today. <laughs> he said, put on my armor. D don't put on man's armor. Don't put on your armor. Put on my helmet, my belt of truth, my breastplate of righteousness, my sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And above all, or in addition to all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you may be able to quench every fiery dart of the wicked one. Pray. God, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We don't go out so much as to get the victory as to demonstrate a victory that is already won by overcoming in spite of every weapon that is formed against us. So when it is said that a fight is fixed, it means one combatant is guaranteed to win before the fight even starts. The exciting thing is, our fight for Christ is fixed. When God is on our side, we can't lose. I want to stop here and, and, and comment on that comment. What, shall, what more shall we say to these things? We've been reiterating this in Romans 8. What more shall we say to these things? If God 
be for us, who can be against us? I mean, think about that today. If God, see, being right with God means God is for us. And it's not our righteousness, it's His that's been granted through Christ. Amen. It doesn't mean there's not a personal and a practical application of righteousness. It means that initially we're made right with God through the precious blood of Jesus. And who, every tongue that rises against you in judgment shall be condemned. You better believe it. Revelation chapter 12 says, Now the accuser, there he is. He's, we, we're exposing him behind every other tongue and voice stands the enemy of our soul, the devil himself. Now is the accuser of our brethren cast down that accuse them before God day and night. <laughs> Amen. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives, their devotion, even unto death. Oh, friend of mine, today there is victory in Jesus. We are at war, and the enemy's intention is to steal kill and destroy. Amen. But Jesus said, I've come. <laughs> Aren't you glad he came to go to the cross to accomplish a mission? I've come to give you life and that more abundantly. <laughs> Praise God. The exciting thing, therefore, is that the fight is fixed with God on our side. We can't lose. This means your adversary and mine, the devil, is predetermined to be defeated by you and I. Your victory, because he's already been defeated by the Lord Jesus Christ. Your victory and my victory, therefore, is guaranteed. Amen. That's why the Bible speaks of, of thanks be unto God, which gives us the victory through Jesus Christ. Therefore, this is I, this is 1 Corinthians 57, 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for your labor is not in vain in the Lord. I believe that what Satan intends right now is going to bring a lot of Christians into their heritage. We're going to seek victory like we never sought it before because so much is at stake today. The fight is raging. The battle rages, <laughs> but the fight is fixed. Amen. Oh, I want to shout victory right now. It may not be in the first round, dearly beloved, or the second round or the third round, but my faith and my Lord tells me that the devil is going down. Praise God. He, you know, he knows he's going down. He knows he can't win. We need to know that he can't win and not give any place to him, no ground to him. Praise God. In, in the book of Revelation, it said, Woe to the inhabitants of the earth during the tribulation. For the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows he has but a short time. He knows. He knows he's going down. We know. We need we need to get into the word until we're convinced that he's going down. Again, 
It may not be in the first round. It may not be a first round knockout. It may in the twelfth. It may be in the twelfth round after you have been knocked down. But when you get back up, the fight isn't over, and he is going down. <laughs> and he he may have won. Look like he won every round up until then. <laughs> but if he goes down, he loses the fight, and he's going down. Make no mistake about it. I heard a humorous story about the mummy. It said Israel is a place where the ground is full of artifacts. Did you hear the other day about the archaeologist who was digging in the Negev desert in Israel and came upon a casket containing a mummy? After examining it, he called the curator of the prestigious Israel Museum in Jerusalem. I just discovered a 3,000-year-old mummy of a man who died of heart failure, the excited scientist exclaimed. To which the curator replied, Bring him in, we'll check him out. A week later, the amazed curator called the archaeologist, You were right about the mummy's age and cause of death. How in the world did you know? Easy, he said. There was a piece of paper in his hand that said, 10,000 shekels on Goliath. (laughs) Think about that for just a few minutes. He bet on Goliath. You know why he did that? Because David was small and untrained. David said he'd kill Goliath with a sword, although he had no sword. Goliath, years before, had a sword made to kill Israelites. It was unique, this weapon. David said there was no other sword like it. But David ended up using Goliath's own sword, which had been forged against him, to cut off Goliath's own head. What a victory! That kind of victory is the kind of victory that God has for us today. Amen. No weapon formed against you shall prosper because we have a standing with God through the blood of Jesus Christ. No weapon, no weapon, because he formed the person who is forging the weapon and he created the person who's using the weapon. Therefore, he has absolute authority, not over their will, but their will may be to destroy us. And he didn't give them that will, but he made them and he draws the line on how far they can go. He shut to the mouth of the lion. Praise God who were hungry, starving to death, so they would tear their victim to pieces as soon as he hit the den. But God sent an angel and shut to the mouth of the lion. Amen. Because God is almighty and God is in control even when things seem to be out of control. And I believe that out of this is going to come more prayer warriors, more spiritual warriors than we have ever had before because the times demand it. Hallelujah. Let every person who can pick up a weapon and use it come and take their stand. Who is on the Lord's side among you is going to become the challenge of the 21st century. I believe that. I believe they're Christians just like you and I, just like David, that are going to rise up and take our stand today. 
and find out and demonstrate that the fight has been fixed. Amen. Knowing that going into battle, that God is on our side. And if God be for us, who can be against us? Praise God. I want to, I want to read a missionary's victory story about this, this kind of bringing forth of the might and power and majesty of God when, when it looks like we're overwhelmed by some, some work of the enemy. Listen, Dutch, Sheets is a missionary to South America. And this is what he said himself. He said, we had been ministering in Guatemala for one week with very few people coming to Christ. The people were listening, but not responding. I was to preach on the final night of our trip, just as the service was about to begin A team member told me about something he and others had found on the far side of the village. A little girl, six or seven years old, tied to a tree. Not believing what they were seeing, they asked the family that lived there, Why is this small girl tied to that tree? It was obvious she lived there much like a dog in the backyard, nasty, filthy, helpless, and alone. She's crazy, the parents replied. We can't control her. She hurts herself and others and runs away if we turn her loose. There's nothing else we can do for her. So we have to tie her up for her own safety and the safety of others. A voice came to me, literally, he was hesitant to say God spoke to me, but you're going to find out this was really God speaking to them. Tell them, You're going to pray for the little insane girl across the village tied to the tree. Tell them you're going to do it in the name of this Jesus you've been preaching about. Tell them that through him you're going to break the evil powers controlling her. And that when she is, and that when she is free and normal, they can know that what you are preaching is true. (laughs) I, I responded to the voice in my heart with fear and trembling. I believe the words were something like, what did you say? Same instructions. You see, when God speaks, He doesn't apologize for what He says. He backs up His word. Amen. So, He said, then I prayed. On that moonlit night in a tiny remote village of Guatemala, with a handful of people as my audience, my life changed forever. Jesus came out of hiding. He became alive, relevant, sufficient, available. A hidden Jesus emerged from the cobwebs of theology. A yesterday Jesus became a today and forever Jesus. A Galilee Jesus become a Guatemalan Jesus. Praise God. Didn't the Bible say Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever? He said, for the first time I understood the heavenly pattern. Jesus is the victor. We're the enforcers. Jesus is the redeemer. We're the releasers. Jesus is the head. And we are the body. Yes, he set the little girl free. Yes, the village then turned to Christ. Yes, Jesus prevailed. (laughs) So the partnership goes on. God and humans, intercessory prayer. God 
taking the ground as we enforce His victory. Praise God. Someone said, maybe if I ignore the devil, he'll go away. No, you cannot peacefully coexist with the devil. God wants you to see how big He is. Not how big the devil is, but how big He is. The question is, is our God big enough? And I want to declare to you today, today our God is more than enough. He is El Shaddai, not El Chibo. Praise God. And I love what this man said about God coming out, Christ coming out of the cobwebs of theology. We're not just here to tell them about Him, but to manifest Him. Amen. We have received power because the Holy Ghost has come upon us to be witnesses unto Him, not just witnesses for Him. Him. Anyone can walk up to a door and, and hang one of the door hangers on it that tell people the, the Roman road to repentance, the Roman road to salvation. Uh, anyone can share the gospel by telling people. But I, I'm, I want to declare what someone else has declared. I don't believe we need another definition of Christianity. We need a demonstration. And not just in sanctified Christians who are living holy, but we need a demonstration of spirit and power. For this word did not come in, this gospel did not come in word only, but in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance. And the power of the enemy is being manifest on the right hand and on the left hand. And I, I, someone said the devil will throw everything but the kitchen sink. I'm going to, I'm going to add to that and he'll throw the kitchen sink too. But I want you to know today, according to the word of God, we have a heritage of victory. And I believe that we need to claim that victory and proclaim that victory today. No weapon that is formed against you and me shall ultimately prosper. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me. Previous verses says, In righteousness thou shalt be established. It's because of this imputed righteousness. It's because of this personal, practical righteousness. It's because we are right with God that's, that we can claim the promise of God and fulfill the purpose of God. The battle rages, <laughs> but the fight has been fixed. Thank God today that we can obtain victory through Jesus Christ. Amen. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Today I believe that God is calling warriors to stand up Put on your armor and let God manifest victory through us so that His name can be glorified, so that Jesus can be magnified, <laughs> so that the Holy Spirit can be free to move in our postmodern world, so that Bible days are not relegated to some Old Testament miracles or New Testament miracles, but Bible days are our days as God's people 
begin to demonstrate that we have a heritage of victory, for we have a covenant with God, and through the blood of Jesus, we overcome every tongue that rises against us in judgment, so that this is a righteousness that can't be broken nor shaken, amen, by the enemy of our soul. Glory be to God, amen. If you don't know Jesus today, let me tell you what the Bible says about you and these enemies that we face right here, right now. Even this virus that I believe comes from hell and certainly not from heaven. No weapon formed against thee shall prosper if you're right with God. And the good news, the bad news is today, if you're not right with God, you're without God, without hope. You are indefensible. There is no way, no way that fear and terror cannot grip you right here and right now. Not just fear and terror of death coming to you through this thing, but what happens after you die, where you spend eternity. And friend of mine, we can defeat this terrorist today, the devil, the thief who came to steal, kill, and destroy, because Jesus has come to give us life and to give that life to us more abundantly. Praise God, because it will reach beyond this world. It will bring us peace and victory here, but it will bring us eternal life and eternal victory there. And once you come to Him, you'll be free from oppression. You'll see the beauty of holiness. You'll see the, the wonder of righteousness. You will be reconciled to God when you repent of your sin and receive Christ as your Savior. And He'll put a hedge around you and He'll keep you. <laughs> Hallelujah. And He will seal you with the Holy Spirit. He will write your name in the Lamb's book of life. And when He comes, He'll recognize you as His and take you home forever. Don't run from Him. Don't try to hide from the harsh realities of this fallen world and this formidable foe, the enemy. There's victory only in Christ, but thank God there's victory in Jesus for you today. Come to Him. Receive Him as your Lord and Savior. And if you're a Christian today, put on your armor. Stand up and proclaim, No weapon that's formed against me shall prosper. This is my legacy, my heritage. And it's from the Lord and my righteousness is from Him. Stand in your standing. And let's see victory come out of this thing today. And the name of our God be magnified and glorified. Thank God for Jesus. Thank God for the Father who sent Him and the Holy Spirit that is with us right here and right now. Thank God for each other. We stand shoulder to shoulder. And we win together. For the glory of God. Amen and amen.